Welcome to Dragon Talk, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Musical theater edition. We're singing it all night long. Or not. Or not. No, we're not going to, because I'm Greg Tito, not an actor. You are. Well, no. You've got a little theater background. Meh. 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 I was, I was in Lend Me a Tenor. Really? Yeah. I was in Jesus Christ Superstar in Oklahoma. Oh my God! Hello. In high school. You are an actor. I am an actor. I'm yeah. more. I was more of a dancer, really. Oh my God! Seriously. Yeah. Number one dancer. Number one dancer <laughs> out of in what? No, it was like a in the dance auditions. Our our oh, our like, theater director was like you know just gave scores to people. So. Uh, uh, uh. It wasn't serious? that I was the number one. I was just in the group of ones, the group of twos, the group of threes. Do you still have the but it moves? Was, uh, I do remember some of the choreography, yeah. Wow. Shelly Mazzanova, would you like me to show you some Jesus Christ Superstar choreography? Yes. All right. When we're done recording, uh, we have an awesome interview with uh, Orion Acaba. Yes. A voice actor extraordinaire. Yes. Uh, and he, a martial artist. I read his bio. He's also a martial artist. Do you artist. also know that he was a member of the Upright Citizens Brigade? Did he take a class there? So that he's an alumni. Many people are alumni. It's kind of cool. Of the Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah. Yes. They, they, it's a... a Comedy troupe, my friend uh, Bobby Moynihan, uh, with where he got his his comedy chops really? going was at UCB in That's New York. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. and anyway. now he, now he's a little bit he's in things. He's a, he's a voice actor now. He's my my kids were watching uh, a show, and uh, both Aaron and I, uh, my wife, were like, "Is that is that Bobby?" Seriously? Yeah. What was it? It was a nature dog, I think, or nature cat. Um, it's a new show on, on Nickelodeon, a newish show. It came out in the last year and or he's two. He's in it. Yeah, and him and Darren Killam and uh, uh, a couple other uh, SNL uh, cast members are on it too. Was Was but, your friend on SNL? Yeah, Bobby Moynihan. He's on SNL right now. Oh, he's on right now. Yeah, he's been on for like eight years. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't Drunk Uncle, hello. Yeah. Hello. All right, I'm going to talk to Ryan from now on. Wow, because okay, I don't know, I know like faces and I know skits, but I don't know, I don't really know names. Yeah, we, I went to college with him, so that's, I, I, Are you serious? Yeah, I know, he's pretty, you actually, like, he's up there. That, yeah, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Uh, but Orion Acaba is even cooler. Well, Because he yes. plays the Dungeons and the Dragons and it's a great show uh, uh, called Draconian Nights, but we're going to talk to him about that. I can't wait to about hear more about it. Uh, what else do we have going on in the Dungeons and Dragons? You tell me. Well, manager. we have uh, Storm King's Thunder. The adventure is coming out hey. very soon. It'll be out August 26th uh, in game stores and in a wide release on September 6th. Not far away. Check that out. Uh, what if people want a preview? Well, they can go uh, watch the Acquisitions Incorporated, the series, which is on pennyarcade.com. Nice. On the YouTubes as well. Um, those episodes have been nothing but hilarious. Chris Perkins has been running uh, that crazy group uh, through... Um, also, yeah, you're right. Another preview of Storm King's Thunder as well. Force Gray Giant Hunters is playing on Nerdist.com right now. It is uh, amazingly hilarious. Recorded in the back room at Meltdown. Uh, Meltdown Comics in L.A. and Hollywood on the Sunset Strip. Whoa. Uh, with some awesome uh, cast members such There's as There's so Jonah. much D&D going on I know, in Hollywood right, right. now. Right. And then, then these are all like live action play yeah. stuff. And then I'm so excited to talk to Orion and find out about uh, the kind of audio play idea, yeah, uh, which is a totally separate kind of performance that's, you know, telling D&D type stories, but in a, a, a radio play kind of way. Yeah. Very cool. 
Um, before we Love get to, to that interview, though, we're going to talk to Mr. Chris Perkins and Matt Cernet about uh, some lore, some lore you should know, in fact, in a segment we've been doing the last few weeks, delving into some of the fun stuff that's going to come up in Storm King's Thunder, Very stuff cool. you may not know about Forgotten Realms, pronunciation of uh, proper names, Love which you that. may have never even Love that. heard said out loud before. Yes. Finally, we will get, we will know how to say Harshnag. Whoa. Yeah, did you know that's how you say that it? Like a that's an easy one. Because that's like a compound word with like harsh and nag put together. That's an easy one. But there's ones that I can't even, there's like, oh. there's like Nailed apostrophes it. and stuff in there. I know. Who and knows? like no vowels. Yeah. Hello. I'm going to buy a vowel here. I'm putting Matt Cernet on the spot to uh, pronounce all Are that you, stuff. Do you tell him in advance what, what you want to? No, it just comes out naturally. He'll just like spout it out. He just drops it in conversation. He just because uh, yeah, right. When you when you when you like you know in the office people are just like talking about lore stuff and they'll just say it and you're like oh that's how they say it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh yeah. And now we get, we get to share that with you guys. Lore we should know. Podcast listeners. Can't we? All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's throw it to that. All right. Welcome to Lore You Should Know. I am joined again by uh, our lore master extraordinaire, Mr. Matt Cernet. Hello. How are you? Very good. And of course, Chris Perkins. Yay. Uh, Dungeon Master to the Stars, are we still using that? Mm, maybe. <laughs> you are Dungeon Master to the Giants. Yes, indeed. And we are here, of course, to talk about uh, little tidbits of lore of the Forgotten Realms that you may not uh, know uh, about. And uh, what, who better to discuss this than you two gentlemen? So we are going to delve into fire giants first. What is it about the Forgotten Realms fire giants that makes them uh, uh, special? Goodness. Uh, well, so I, I think in general with the giants, uh, there isn't a lot of variance between worlds, except for perhaps uh, it, things like Dark Sun that went crazy with the giants, did totally different things. Uh, so as far as unique to the realms, um, mainly uh, it's, again, just the concept of the ordning essentially originating in uh, the, the book uh, called Giant Craft, and uh, that sort of blossoming into... A larger story about who the giants are and what they're all about that then we're we're sharing through other products like uh, things like uh, Volo's Guide to Monsters which is um, coming up soon as well. Yes. So fire giants sit in the middle of the ordning basically they've got storm giants and cloud giants bossing them around and they've got frost giants stone giants and hill giants below them and uh, like fire giants of old the fire giants of the realms are lawful evil uh, petty tyrants, basically. They're slavers. Uh, they're um, they they like to boss other creatures around. They're good at forge craft. That's their main shtick. That's how they distinguish themselves among their peers. Uh, the fire giants, who are the best crafters, are the are the best fire giants. Yeah. The makers, the the engineers yeah, exactly. of, of the giants right, types. Yeah. Exactly, and, and I mean in the sort of vision for what the old giant empire was, you know, Astoria, that kind of a thing, um, that the fire giants occupied that role of being the crafters, the engineers, at just within the giant culture when they were all kind of one melded uh, group. And they div uh, uh, divide, um, divide, they uh, get their worth from the, the things they create. Right. You're, you're sort of rank within your own tribe and then your, your rank as you, you know, sort of compare yourself to people in other tribes is all based upon essentially, are you really good at 
using your mind and your hands and your muscles to create works, specifically works of war and defense and battle uh, and that kind of a thing. So, you know, they might be really awesome at painting a painting, but that doesn't count. Right. Yes. In many respects, they're like dwarves, both physically and in terms of their um, predilection for uh, metal craft. Do they have an animosity with dwarves because of that? Like all giants, there's sort of a, an, uh, a long lingering animosity with small folk, dwarves in particular. Uh, part of that might stem from the fact that frost, or fire giants and dwarves often live under mountains. Uh, so they often occupy yeah. the same geographical space. Yeah, the Forgotten Realms has a super ridiculously deep history of um, various wars happening here and there and that kind of a thing. And certainly, uh, as regards um, the, the Great Rift and that area of the Forgotten Realms, there are um, lots of old ancient empires that went to war with giants in and, uh, and various times and um, in various places. And so that, that a lot of the enmity stems from that as well as these sort of ancient age-old rivalries, um, and both empires, you know, fell essentially because of those wars. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, D&D fans may be familiar with one fire giant in particular uh, who is on the cover of the player's handbook for 5th edition. Yes, a, a Greyhawk uh, legend named King Snorri. I see, I would, always, I would not have done the A at the end in pronouncing mm-hmm. that. Another good reason why we're doing these, uh, so that people can understand pronunciations, uh, uh, the official pronunciations, at least in our office. Yes, and he has, he has been depicted in different ways over the years, of course, but he's always been a fire giant, and he's sort of the archetypal frost giant lord. Frost, frost giant? Or oh, sorry, fire giant. Fire giant lord, Did I right. I frost giant? I meant fire giant. So, uh, uh, more specifically then, uh, uh, what do fire giants do uh, uh, in the context of Storm King's Thunder? What are, what are their plans? Well, like all of the evil giants in Storm King's Thunder, they're sort of going off into the world to reforge the Ordning, to earn the glory of their gods, uh, to win a higher place in the social structure of giant kind. Uh, The evil fire giant that we focus on is a fellow named Zalto, and he believes that he can earn the gods' favor and uh, ascend to the top of the Ordning by finding and rebuilding an ancient dragon-slaying colossus, um, a huge adamantine war machine. Uh, But his plan is enormously ambitious. Mm. Uh, The pieces of this ancient construct have been buried for thousands of years, and finding them is his first big problem. Uh, The other big problem he faces is that the, the great forge of iron slag, which he has reclaimed, has not been lit really in years, and uh, to ignite the adamantine forge, he needs a tremendous source of fire, mm. and he doesn't have it. So he's got two big things uh, that are setbacks in his life. Uh, he's also wrangling uh, the, or dealing with the fact that he's a he's a father, he's a dad, he's got a family, um, and uh, a uh, particularly difficult pair of children um, who give him a hard time at every turn. So he's are they, got, are he's they got a rebelling lot. against they his are. rule? Uh, uh, he's got a, a son who's a petty tyrant in the making, um, and he's got a daughter who's very willful and wants to go off and explore the world and leave home, and he won't let her. Uh, so he is dealing with uh, a lot on his plate right now. 
Interesting. All right. And the these, the Colossus that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, that was created uh, back in the ancient giant empires, correct? Yeah. It would be tens of thousands of years old now. What was its purpose? Uh, to slaughter dragons. Um, dragons were sort of ancient enemies of the giants. Uh, this construct was built to resist uh, the power of dragons' breath and to basically fight them toe to toe. Uh, the, the construct has a name. It's known as the Titan of Death. Um, also, uh, in, term, in, in Giant, the name is Vonandod. I love it. It almost has like a Pacific Rim feel. To a little it. bit, exactly. yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Don't need two, two mind uh, you know, right. <laughs> people yes. to be able to do it with a dual mind. Um, but, but Zalto's a long way toward finishing it, so at least the, the characters are not in imminent danger of having to face this thing. Very cool. Yeah, adamantine is kind of a really interesting. Uh, it's one of the, the two main fantasy metals in D and D in general. The other one being mithril, and uh, it's in, in Forgotten Realms in particular. Um, but I think in general in most D and D worlds, it's this sort of metal that n- virtually no one knows how to work uh, or mine or refine. I mean, yeah. and so it's not only rare. But like even the the means by which you would um, get at this metal and turn it into something, is a process that's more uh, magical and difficult, and um, there's secrets involved. So you know uh, that, for instance, there's an area in the Forgotten Realms um, where they have adamantine. Uh, it's an island. Its name is escaping me. It's the one in uh, with the North Folk up. Uh, you thinking Turin? Yes, Turin. Yes, and uh, they don't have the ability to um, refine this metal in any way because they're just a bunch of sort of Viking-like barbarians, mm. and uh, they then have to go uh, to a set of dwarves and give the dwarves um, that those metals, which the dwarves take obviously, and they do refine it and give them back some parts of what they refine, but then the dwarves take the lion's share. So that's, and that happens in Iron Master, which is this sort of isolationist nation of dwarves up in the north. Uh, so, you know, and that's like one of the few places in the world where that trade and that construction of anything adamantine is being done anywhere. Yep. Interesting. So just the fact that they're trying to get a, a forge able to create adamantine is a, it's a monstrous effort yeah. uh, mm-hmm. in and of itself. All right, well, I hope Duke Zalto uh, does not succeed in his mission there. That would be bad, yes. <laughs> That'll yeah. be up to you folk uh, listening to this podcast to uh, uh, help with that. Uh, but let's move on to uh, Frost Giants, uh, the next in the ordning. Uh, My personal favorite of Giants. They are. Actually. Why, why yes. is that? Um, I like them because they're simple, straightforward, smashy, smashy Giants. Uh, Frost Giants, among their own kind, value uh, physical prowess, might, the hunt. Um, being, you know, triumphing over other beasts, um, beating them into submission, taking their stuff and wearing their skins and fashioning their weapons out of what they find and what they kill. Uh, you gotta love it. <laughs> gotta love the reaving uh, yes. uh, kind of culture as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, and we all, always depict them with horned helmets, which is fun. Yes, and some of those horns, uh, uh, we believe we mentioned this on one of our other uh, Lower You Should Know segments, uh, are come from dragons and, mm-hmm. and uh, in their, a part of their ancient conflict, correct? Yeah, yeah, and we sort of have this idea that um, a lot of the stuff that a frost giant has, if they didn't make it themselves, it's sort of hand-me-down through generations. 
So one of them might wear a dragon-horned helm that's basically been passed down from father to son or mother to daughter or mother to son or whatever. Interesting. So what else uh, uh, about frost giants sets them uh, apart from others? Because, I mean, you say, you know, they're, they're, they're all about killing and, and memeing, but you could say that about many of the giant types. What's, is, what's their specific uh, uh, difference? Well, I think one of the th aspects of their ordning is, is that um, it's, just, it's not just, hey, we got, went out and we all killed a giant or a dragon or whatever. Yay. It's, uh, you know, personal combat is and, and what you actually accomplish on your own. So in addition to being raiders who would go and attack a human settlement and, you know, for food or, or whatever, I like the idea that there would be these sort of lone giants just going out into the world to go and find great foes to defeat so that they can basically come back to their tribe and be like, listen, I should be the person in charge now because look, I've got this, you know, red dragon head, uh, mm. you know, I took it myself, right? And that kind of a thing. They're so. more about trophies and, and uh, uh, showing off their, their prowess through physical items versus just pure muscle. Right, so that you wouldn't have typically in a frost giant, you know, tribe or whatever, two frost giants just plain old duke it out over who's gets to be in charge. I mean, it could happen, but you know, they would want to prove not just by internally fighting, but by being sort of the best at defeating others, you know, people who would be their enemies, that kind of a thing. Great. Uh, and they are uh, a seafaring folk too, right? They are one of the few giant types who have mastered that kind of uh, technology. Uh, they, they have been known to travel in ships like Vikings. They're basically giant Vikings. Um, but they also dwell uh, historically in frozen mountains and under the mountains and in glacial rifts and uh, in icebergs, icebergs, just far flung northern cold, uh, isolated, wintry hellscapes, basically. Interesting. Now, are they uh, and this is true for fire giants, too. Do they uh, they are not elementals in that they are not, uh, uh, you know, tied to their their name of their type. Uh, as far as physical things, but they definitely prefer those those climates. Right, definitely, and and they are immune to cold essentially, and uh, so they're, you know, we depict them in furs and stuff like that because that's what they killed and that's what they wear, mm. right? Right. But they right. don't actually need that to yeah. stay warm, you know. They don't, they and don't. we don't want to show the giants with their, you know, big blue junk. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Manhattan shows up. <laughs> yeah. He's really tall. Uh, <laughs> he's a giant in, in, in all ways. I can't not see that now. <laughs> Look at the dragon horn. It's, yeah. All right. Uh, we could go down that rabbit hole forever. Uh, but yeah, so, okay, so they're, they're immune to cold, so they're not necessarily uh, in danger of freezing, so that's why they're, they, they are. But right. are, they, are they uncomfortable but, in hot climates? They, exactly. Like, well, the reason why they live in those cold places is because they are uncomfortable in hot places. Okay. So, you know, when they come down south to temperate areas and so on, they don't want to stick around and, and, and stay there. Does it cause them physical pain, or is it just, uh, I don't like that? It's just... I'm very uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I would imagine if you like, we don't necessarily go uh, with monster stats um, and say essentially this creature gets exhausted in in warm locations and so on. That's a little bit too nitty gritty. Yeah. But if you were to do that, you know, I I mean, if you were to mechanically represent that, it would be things like them getting exhausted, just like you know, characters can get exhausted in deserts and stuff like that. So, I see. I yeah. see. It's like what happens to me when I go to Houston, <laughs> Canadian boy in Houston. I just get all sort of slow and kind of uh, 
Cranky. Uh, cranky. So that's, I forgot, yeah, the, the Canadian connection. It's the Great yeah, White North. Of course right. you love Frost Giants. Of course giants. I love Frost Giants. Yeah. We actually have them up north. <laughs> but they're called Bruce. Right, yes. <laughs> uh, the other thing, cool thing about uh, Frost Giants is they get to hang out with uh, winter wolves and other winter-dwelling creatures. So you often find winter wolves in the company of Frost Giants. And uh, they do they tame them and, and, and domesticate well, them that winter, way? Or winter it... wolves are intelligent wolves, so often it's more of a partnership. Uh, so that's why you'll have rangers or druids uh, of the frost yeah. giant ilk. That would, and if you uh, really want to get wild, you can have them riding around on woolly mammoths and other kinds of beasts. So, yeah. That's fantastic. What's not to, what's not to love? Exactly. And I love the idea of the ships, too, uh, the, the frost giant longships being so huge. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we have some, some art uh, of, of a the comparison of a frost giant longship next to a yes. human-sized longship. And it is staggering to really think of the the size difference there mm -hmm. yeah uh, so how do they create these ships is it I mean, is... lots and lots of wood <laughs> <laughs> are there uh, giant trees out there uh sure in a fantasy world there are but they use whatever they can find uh wood whalebone um dragon wings for sails uh, yeah. or the ice itself or the right. ice itself um because ice floats so yeah you know yeah that's a great uh, uh why haven't we built ships out of ice before here in, in our world? Hmm. There were attempts, actually, during World War II. There was theoretical attempts at that kind of thing to make essentially aircraft carriers out of ice. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so the Frost Giants in, in Storm King's Thunder, to that point, uh, what, what are they trying to do? Uh, well, our, our main Frost Giant villain is a Jarl named Storvald. And he is searching the north for a lost artifact called the Ring of Winter. Um, he believes that he can harness the power of this item to bring about something he calls the Age of Everlasting Ice. Mm. Uh, basically unlock the uh, cold magic within it to freeze the world. Um, another fairly grandiose scheme, uh, but it all hinges on his ability to track down and find this itty bitty teeny weeny little uh, frozen ring, and is it a, it's a human-sized ring? Mm -hmm. But like a, a lot of magic items, it'll it change size. It'll change size, basically. Yeah, exactly. So sort of whoever like the, yeah. wields it will will have that power. Exactly. Um, but he's looking for a needle in a haystack, basically. Uh, and so you encounter frost giants everywhere, uh, using uh, magic to basically try to track down this elusive artifact. In the meantime. While that's going on, uh, Storvald is sort of uh, succumbing to his base nature and spending a lot of his free time uh, hunting and whaling, uh, taking his ships through the Sea of Moving Ice in search of uh, giant whales to kill and other uh, dragons to enslave and other prizes to assert the fact that he is the greatest of his kind. Um, particularly when things aren't going well in the hunt for the ring, it's very important to prove to his uh, lessers that he's still worth following. Awesome. So there's another uh, important frost giant in the adventure. Uh, is, Chris, indeed. you want to talk about that? Uh, why don't you? Um, yeah, Harshnag, right? Talk about the origins of Harshnag. <laughs> yeah, Harshnag. So I think we mentioned this in a previous podcast, but uh, Harshnag uh, came about originally as part of Force Grey from Waterdeep. Mm -hmm. And so um, we have this idea that uh, you know at some point Force Gray was disbanded um, because uh, let's see I believe it has to do with the events of the novel um, the Black Staff or the Black Tower Black Staff I think Black Staff and uh, there the statues of Waterdeep go 
crazy. There are these giant guardian statues of Waterdeep that are, you know, 90 feet tall, and they go crazy and start wrecking the city, essentially. And uh, Force Grey is called out to bring them down. But they do so much damage <laughs> while they're bringing them down that, that there's basically public outcry. Right. It's like the new Superman. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Metropolis. <laughs> and so, so there's public outcry, and they're disbanded and so on. And uh, Harshnag is uh, old enough, or is a frost giant, so he can just live long enough to sort of be recalled into service. Uh, the other characters, well, we don't know what really happened to them. They, they might be in, in cold storage stasis right, spells. Yeah. I mean, who knows, right? But right. Uh, uh, Harshnag is be- definitely around and, and gets involved in the adventure because stuff with the giants is happening, and turns out people yeah. care when giants start stomping around destroying things. Harshnag sort of senses the destruction of the or the shattering of the Ordning, and like the other giants, isn't really sure where he fits in anymore. Uh, he spends a lot of the adventure wandering around, smacking down other giants. Uh, just uh, it's a sort of frost giant thing to do, uh, <laughs> taking but, taking their trophies yes. just as he would with any anything else. But at some point in the Storm King's Thunder story, the characters will cross paths with him, and they'll see that he's not your typical frost giant. That uh, he's more altruistic than the, the majority of his kin, and he'll actually help you. Um, because he believes that helping the small folk might, in fact, help uh, protect the world, protect Waterdeep, and uh, save the rest of the North. Does he have any loyalties to, towards his type? Is he trying to help uh, uh, the Frost Giants at all? No, he's, he's really an iconoclast um, who's, who lives outside of giant society. Um, in some respects, he's more attached or has, a more, has had more uh, emotional connection to small folk than he has to his own kind. Interesting. Great. Yeah. All right, well, uh, uh, thank you so much uh, for, for doing these deep dives on these two ty- giant types. Uh, what's a good, uh, I mean, you mentioned giant craft mm-hmm. as a, a, a resource to get into. What are some other ones? I, I think the best one currently available is the 5e Monster Manual, but Volus Guide to, Mon- all, to Monsters uh, is coming out soon, and uh, that is going to be fantastic. Excellent. All right, great. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, isn't it great talking to uh, Matt and Chris? I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it great listening to me talk to Matt and Chris? Yeah, I guess. It's pretty awesome. If you're into like being shut out of cool conversations. Oh, I seem to remember uh, emails from Shelley Mazzanoble saying, uh, do I have to be here for those? That wasn't, that's not. Oh, let's pull up the record, shall let's we? Let's do it. Do you see? Let's schedule it when you know I'm busy. That's right. Aren't you always busy? So busy. That's true. I, Board the, games aren't going to make themselves. Yeah. What is going on with Avalon Hill? Did you want to talk about that real quick? What are the board I, games you're making? I can't talk about any of those board games. Except for one. <gasps> Widow's Walk. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Super excited. expansion to yes. Betrayal on the House on Betrayal the Hill. Betrayal at House on the Hill. In the house. No, on the Wrong prepositions. Too many prepositions. On the street lane. <laughs> Near the hill, the where there's a mountain. Jumped in with a lazy dog <laughs> at the hill. Any like, plans to shorten that just to betrayal? I, you can call it betrayal. Okay. Um, but did I ask you this question already? Just a random thought question. Sure. Where, in your mind, geographically, do you think the house is? New Hampshire. I uh, see. I went New England too. Yeah. I'm getting New England, and I also get New Orleans. 
Oh. Right? And that's always the reaction. Because there is a little bit of, like, voodoo yeah. uh, uh, little, uh, mysticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it I could be there, too. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I guarantee. <laughs> Maybe there's a vacation Getting all the house. voice acting, uh, <laughs> uh, my chops out there, you Are you, know? like, secretly auditioning Well, I, I want Orion to listen to this and uh, maybe do, give me some coaches. I want him to Coaching. listen to me and say, hey, I got a new job for you. All right. Well, you got to sneak in uh, a... Oh. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Get a sneak in a Burt reference. Don't tell me when you're going to do it and just get it in there, okay? Yes. All right. Well, let's call up Orion now uh, and uh, we'll find out about his, his new show from him. Damn, now I'm nervous. You should be. Oh, my God. Hello. 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 Oh, hi. Hi, guys. Hello. So we have uh, uh, me and Shelly are here. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Hello, Shelly. How are you? Wonderful. I love that. <laughs> Shelly will try and do voices to you like she did when we did our last podcast together. I am going to. Yeah. I'm doing I, one right now. <laughs> doing one right now. I'm doing the Shelly voice. Is it? I, encur- I, I encourage voices. Really? <laughs> yes, of well, course. Maybe I'll get more when, when you hear them, feedback. And when you hear them, you might not be encouraging them. Stop that. <laughs> Greg's jealous. Uh, uh, it's true. He knows Actually, that I'm going to get super famous being a voice actor and leave him on this podcast. Oh, that's the that's the rub, isn't right? it? You can tell. Yeah. I mean, he's just it's just oozing out of him. Jealousy. <laughs> Jealousy. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what's oozing out of me. Not- <laughs> I hope that's what it is. <laughs> Not my life's energy. Well. Uh. No, actually, I tell I tell um, the the females I, I do coach that uh, every every uh, woman has uh, five voices right out the gate. Um, guys have six voices or personalities. Uh, that is, I'm not certified because <laughs> I got um, way more than that. <laughs> Wait a minute, women have. But there there yeah there there's there's the you right your your natural state. Me. There's the sultry. There's the child. And by child, that could be a girl or boy. Uh, women can do little boys. Men cannot do little boys. That is a weird statement. Oh, yeah, that was... Um, no, nobody. <laughs> women shouldn't either. Yeah, yeah phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs> phrasing. Why are we not bringing back phrasing? Um, and, uh, oh, and then your villain. Um, and then there's always a kooky one. Uh, so there's a, a general, like, five that, that you can always just kind of whip out that you probably already do day to day. Anyway. So you coach. That's interesting. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, pri- yeah. I do private coachings. Um, I don't do. I do females and black dudes. Like <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't coach like <laughs> any guys who just sound any r- remotely like me at all. Um, <laughs> is that um, just so no Tito's? Those are the ones that have been uh, uh, answering your your advertisements. Yeah. Maybe we need to look at where you're advertising or how you're advertising. Maybe that's your thing. I, I don't. It's it's all uh, it's all uh, word of mouth, and if people need help, I'll be like, yeah, I can help them. But like, <clears throat> I've after like the last two, I was like, I, I'm not gonna train you guys anymore to take my jobs. That's just stupid business. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that and, what and acting? The voice of, go ahead. I just say, are acting teachers like that too? Or they're like, no, wait, we can't train anymore. <laughs> you can't. There's too many. Of There's you. too many of you out there. You're, too many people in my. I, I don't know. I don't think the on-screen world is like that because it's like you know your face is like the one that differentiates differentiates you from others. But uh, in in the voice world, it's fucking. I mean, 
I, I said this, I, one of my favorite stories is, or short stories is uh, Dave Mitchell, who's a, an amazing voice actor, um, lot, lots, of, lots of stuff he's been in, um, was uh, leaving a session and Phil Lamar um, of you know, uh, Futurama and Mad TV and all that stuff, yeah. um, he was going into the next time slot. And they, you know, their friends were all pals, and like uh, they crash each other, and they're like, "Hey, Dave, what's going on?" And Dave's like, "Oh, just uh, it's kind of funny, actually. I uh, just did a bunch of black guys in my session. I was like, <laughs> dudes." And Dave Mitchell is like this big white, you know, fat guy, and like um, I love him death. He's my best friends, but um, but, but uh, it, it, Phil Lamar's like, huh? Um, <laughs> I got nothing, guys. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and that is like, I, to me, the the quintessential beauty of voiceover. It's like, wow. Um, yeah, you, you don't know, have I'm, to look your type at all. It, it's all about yeah. how you change up your voice. Yep, the right sound. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, so I'm gonna, I'm I'm super interested in the in the in the voice acting kind of profession, and Shelley is obviously too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's, yeah. we'll get into that a little bit more later on. Uh, but uh, you know, thank you for. I mean, I feel like we jumped right into this, and I'm, this is all good know, stuff. So it's all gonna stick good. in the podcast. But uh, uh, you, uh, for those of you who may not have uh, heard you, I when don't we even were think on, you've said his name. Yet. I know. I'm about to. Oh, sorry. Ah, <laughs> you're, you're oozing again. <laughs> I'm oozing again. What's the ooze? Welcome, Orion Akaba. How are you doing? Yay. Oh, hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> it's me, Orion Akaba. Oh, there he is. Uh, we jumping got, right we in. We got too excited. We got we too just, excited. There's getting, too much to talk about. I know. It's, it's, that's what makes us good, is that we're good at conversations. Right. Conversations. I, I would agree. <laughs> I agree. You are champions. No, you are. No, I mean, I'm saying you are. You're, you're, yeah. the, well, you're the one who can spin a yarn very, very quickly and easily. In, in multiple voices. Exactly. And make oh, it man. sound like it's a conversation with many different people. How cool is that? <laughs> you, uh, oh, if, if there was like, if you guys were flies on the wall in my apartment while I make Draconian Nights, it is, it is just crazy town. Uh, do you literally, have, I literally just, do you have neighbors? I mean, like, can they hear you? Do you live in an apartment? Um, I, I do. Um. Luckily, I live in like a, a, a studio loft where where my uh, setup and rig is. It's literally ejected from the building, so there's no surrounding walls where I like record my stuff. Oh, that's good. Which is great. Um, however, uh, when I f- first uh, moved into this place, uh, I did have to alert the neighbors as to what I do for a living because um, there was an evening where I it was first. I think it was, I think it was for a Call of Duty game actually, but. Um, there's an audition. I was like, oh man, I, I got to do this. And it was due in the morning. And I was like, I'm not going to get up in time to get this in. So I was like two or three and I'm like, you're all going to die. <laughs> just screaming at the top of my fucking oh my lungs, God. like bloody murder. Um, oh my like, God. Kill him. Like all this, you know, vile stuff. And then an hour after that, I get a knock on the door, uh, from, Actually, a buzz at the gate from the LAPD. Oh, no. yep, yep. And I was, I was like, uh, they're like, excuse me, we got a blah, 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 disturbing. And I was like, already asleep at this point. Like, I, I was like, quit. Yeah, like, I finished the audition, sent it off, went to bed. And I woke up. I was like, wait, what? What happened? And I, so I let him in because I'm really confused. I'm like, oh shit, did something bad happen? Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and they come in and they're like, they're like 
dicks to me. <laughs> right. And they're, they're like, uh, yeah, uh, we need to check. Uh, is everything okay? I'm like, uh, yeah, man, everything's fine. What's your problem? <laughs> and they're like, well, we got a call, this and this. Uh, was there uh, fighting, a little screaming going on? I was like, oh, my God. oh, oh, my God. Okay, uh, right. Uh, I'm a voice actor, and I'm sorry. I was <laughs> here. And I invited him in, and, like, and I played the audition. I was like, I think this is what you're talking about. I was like, I did say, like, you know, explain the whole thing. And they were like, huh, well, I guess there's uh, nothing wrong here. And as soon as they were walking out, one of, there were two of them, one of them turns around and he's like, you know, um, I'm kind of interested in getting voice acting myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you said, funny, I teach. I teach. Would you Are like you to, is he one of your clients now? a black dude? <laughs> That's kind of, it's kind of my, my sentiment I had. I was like, well, I'm like, well, uh, I coach and I'm a hundred dollars an hour. And he's like, he's like, oh, okay, okay then. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of awesome. That's like the typical uh, uh, L.A. thing, too, right? That like yeah, anybody that you talk to is like, oh, I've got a script right here. Right, yeah. right. And everybody. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's awesome. So did you go around to your neighbors after that and be like, oh, by the way, this is what I do. Please don't call the cops on me anymore. Yes. Yeah, I, I did. I, I went around and, uh, and every neighbor that has moved in since, like, I'm like, hey, if you, see, if you hear any weird crazy shit that doesn't like, just say help over and over again, it's just me <laughs> But oh to be God. clear, uh, I might be saying help word. over and over again in, in specific video games that recall it. You're going to have to give them a safe word so they know I'm, you're really I'm, in trouble. I was actually thinking about that. I'm like, I, I emanate so many weird noises from this place. I, <laughs> I, I hate to think if I ever needed help and I was scre yeah. screaming bloody murder, they'd be like, oh, that's silly Orion. Here yeah, he right. again, <laughs> acting again. What would your safe word be Talk if you up. had one? Or I guess it would be your not safe uh, word, honestly. Right. I know. Why do they call it a safe word? Well, in this case. It's a not safe word. Um, Something that uh, wouldn't come up. Banana? <gasps> uh, just, banana. Banana! <laughs> we'll work it out. <laughs> okay, if I if I if I hear you say that, that's we're calling the cops immediately. I think every time I hear banana, I know. I'm gonna oh my, someone's in trouble. Yeah, but then you're gonna like have a friend over and be like, well, hey, Quinn, look, I brought some bananas, and my, then everyone's gonna be like, no, God, Ryan's in or trouble. Or because my child associates banana with Greg. It's true. Because you said oh. banana to him once. Yeah. While and he I, was and eating I, a no, I think he said it and I he laughed was quoting because minions. he said it in a specific funny way. And banana. so he was, that no. was like our connection. Yeah. So now he always says banana when we talk about you. Right. Mm. Which has really bad connotations now that you kind of spell that out on a podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That's not yeah, good. That's We're going to have to get a, a new association. <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. Popsicle. <laughs> oh, wait. <shit>. No. <laughs> uh, hot dog. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, darn it. <laughs> well, yeah. you mentioned uh, uh, Draconian Nights, so uh, uh, let's, let's you know, expertly segue into talking about that. Uh, what's, <laughs> how, how's it been, been going? And for, for people who are not, uh, uh, you um, know, versed I in it so far, yeah, give us like a, a quick précis as to, as to what it is. Um, Draconian Nights, uh, follows, uh, my character Tiberius Stormwind from my Pathfinder game slash D&D game slash the show Critical Role. Um, and, uh, they're... Uh, it, it follows the um, 
the direct attack from uh, all the dragon buttholes, as Tiberius likes to say. Um, and he um, was like, oh, well, peace out. I'm going to Doctor Who this and bamf out. Actually, it's more like Slider season one, but still. Uh, <laughs> plane of existence out of here um, and go back to my plane of existence. And it follows him and his uh, siblings and, and, and mom and pop. And they're essentially uh, part of... Um, uh, his father, Carvana Stormont, is a prime minister of Draconia. And Draconia is not a small tribal uh, area. It is a nation um, with hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of uh, metallic dragonborn. Um, and uh, the world itself is bigger. Um, and uh, they essentially help patrol uh, and smite evil uh, throughout, throughout the lands. Um, and that's that's what the show's about. It's an audio slash radio play. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's is, is that good? Was that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that that's great. good. So do you do you script it out or do you improv or a combination of both? I kind of do a combination of both, really. Um, there, there's I have a cast. Um, Erica Ishii. Um, oh, is Erica Ishii. Yeah, I'd forgotten yes. that. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she's a, a, a great on Geek and Sundry and many other things, and she's been uh, starting to book a lot of voiceover work herself. Um, I coach her, too. T- taking oh, your roles. Oh, she's no. totally taking your roles. She totally is jerk. <laughs> um, but uh, when when I when I decided to make the show, I was kind of like, oh, I know exactly who's going to play Adrakia. It was an easy choice. Um, Imari I, Williams plays... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Adrakia is Tiberius's sister in the show? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. She, she's the she's she's an arcane trickster, um, and um, and uh, Imar Williams plays Carvana Stormwind, um, and he is again uh, lots of stuffs and things, uh, Warcraft, uh, Transformers, Rescue Bots, um, and uh, a lot of cr- campaign car commercials that you've heard mm-hmm. uh, uh, and stuff. Um, and uh, and then for Penelope uh, or Mama Stormwind. Uh, um, <laughs> Penelope is played by uh, Anna Brisbane, um, or she's known as Brizzy uh, in, in the internet's world. Hmm. Um, and uh, she, she was a, 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 a later addition um, that I thought was, it was kind of like, okay, I, I don't know too much of your work because you, you haven't been out very long, but sh- her talent is, is immense. Um, so it was one of those things where I'm like, the first day of recording, I was just like, oh my god, you're way better than I thought you could be. And, <laughs> and, so, and she's, she's incredible. Um, and that's the cast. So I, I write all of, and, and I have a bunch of special guests uh, you know, lined up. Uh, Curtis Weeb of uh, Rat Queens has already been on. Oh, uh, nice. Josh Keaton, um, who is, uh, the, who's uh, Shiro, the Black Lion in the new Voltron, uh, amongst being the Green Lantern's voice, Spider-Man's voice for uh, o- almost a decade. Wow. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, um, uh, this next episode, a little, little, just, little, which we, I, I, I don't like to announce the, the Easter eggs before they air because it's kind of like the whole thing. But um, Fred Tattashore is going to be uh, featured in the next, along with Josh Keaton. Awesome. In the episode four. Um, and I got a bunch of people. I got Dante Bosco uh, of um, 
you know, Avatar Last Airbender, he's Zuko, and of course Rufio um, in Hook. And uh, he, he's coming along, Yuri Lowenthal, uh, Phil Lamar, Courtney Taylor, um, TJ Storm, there's like a lot of people, Bryce Pappenbrook, uh, Roger Craig Smith is now interested. Um, the, the, there's a, there's a, it was kind of an interesting thing to call everybody in my phone book and be like, hey, do you want to do this thing I'm doing? I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. Um, and uh, and it's, a, you know, it's a SAG signatory uh, sanctioned project, which means it's a union thing. And that means I'm now a registered producer with SAG-AFTRA, which is Whoa, super weird. That is weird. Um, yeah, so now it's you're, like, I mean, well, I think when we talked last time, we were talking about uh, uh, you know, the labor disputes and, and things about that. But now you're one of the bad guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there's, you're there's the so man bad. now. I'm, I'm both. You're the um, man now, dog. It, it, it's, it's, it's been it's been cool because like now I have a different relationship with the people over at SAG AFTRA and yeah. Um, I mean, I went to E3 this 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 last uh, month and um, that was a different E3 for me. Like I didn't go as an actor trying to pimp myself as an actor. I was I had meetings with uh, Square Enix and Capcom and <clears throat> and Nintendo. Uh, for licensing to, you know, try to, you know, just get their blessings to use their stuff on my show. Um, oh, cool. And uh, I, had to, I had to study fair use uh, quite extensively um, for this. And since my show is a parody slash drama, I can get away with a lot of stuff. Because, um, you know, any, any, anything that's funny, and there's a lot of funny in there, uh, it's like, I can be like, well, it's, it's a parody. And they're like, oh shit. Uh, okay. I guess that's fine. Cause that's um, covered under a lot of, a lot of copyright laws. It's like, yeah. well, as long as you're, you're right, criticizing or poking fun or doing something like that, you get away with a lot more. Is that what you're trying to say? As yeah. far as, as far as free. Yeah. You have to, yeah, you have, you have to, it, ha- it cannot be the main focus of the piece. It cannot hinder the companies from making money. And I do not monetize. Uh, I don't make any money off the show. Um, so I don't monetize on YouTube or any of that stuff, um, and I don't, and I'm not selling them. So therefore, they're not commercial. Um, right. It's, uh, you did do a it, Kickstarter, but that was just to to finance the project, right? Yeah, and and for, and that was to finance um, my my merchandise, which I have full rights to. So, it, it, you know, a shirt and uh, you know, a card game that I developed with Stephen Hayward, who's my business manager and savior half the time <laughs> now. <laughs> Um, he, um, you know, we developed a game, I have a freaking card game based off of my, sh- it's so weird to say that. Anyway. That is weird. Uh, is the card game so available? Um, is it out? Or is this something forthcoming? It, 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 it will be. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was, it was part of the Kickstarter and oh, essentially okay. the Kickstarter was to say, it was two things. It was saying, uh, well, let's, you know, give us capital so we can give you merchandise like shirts and stuff. Cause that's just going to come out of my pocket that I don't have. Um, and so the, the Kickstarter funded itself, essentially. It was like, give us money to make the things that you want because uh, we can't right now. Right. Um, and, and Steven came up with the card game idea and I loved it. I was like, yeah, this is super cool. And I believe uh, when the Kickstarter is all, all done, then those things will be available on the Draconian Knights website uh, for purchase and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and that's him and 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 it's 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 really cool to find a business manager, first of all, that 
even wants to go near me. And, and, and second, because <laughs> uh, his approach was like, hey, um, I know, um, I know, you know, you're, you're, you're a talented guy and this and this, all this, this like, you know, praise stuff. And he's like, but I also noticed that you're just terrible at, at business. Just, just terrible. <laughs> um, I'm glad that he could recognize uh, that and be like, ah, here's an opportunity. Uh, he's, it, it was funny. I was like, for me, it was like, well, there's no skin off my nose for letting you know, this person help me. Um, and we, we have quickly become friends. It's, it's, uh, it, it's really weird. That's cool, though. I mean, what... Like, uh, so most of my tweets that I... Go ahead? Yeah, no, yeah, most of your tweets? I was uh, most of my tweets are filtered through him, if not, like, written by him. Because I'll be like, I'm mad about this. He's like, okay, well, just say this. I'm like, fine. Or like, I am happy about this. He's like, okay, we'll say it this way, not that way. I'm like, okay, right. Like, <laughs> um, oh, so he's helping so with like, like uh, communication and all that stuff. Yeah. That's, he's, all, he's PR too. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. He's basically like your, your, your life coach. Oh, everybody. <laughs> you know, at this, at this point, I think, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> so like, it, yeah, it, it's an interesting uh, 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 gear to have in my machine. Very cool. Well, I'm I'm want I'm interested more in to find out about this uh, this card game. What how does it work? What's what's is it? Uh, uh, what, what was it similar to that uh, people might recognize? Um, I I took um uh, the the objective is uh the the cards are all the uh, Stormwind family, and then there there's specialty uh cards that allow you to do particular moves like a counter uh, counter spell. Or a specific attack, or uh, a wipe the board, or something to those effect. Which was, of course, of course, of course, uh, 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 inspired by um, my first love, Magic: The Gathering, um, and because um, I, I played the hell out of some Magic. Um, yeah. So yeah, I hear that. I was like, yeah, I was like, uh, I was like, there's gotta be some board wipes. There gotta be this. He's like, all right, cool. And I was like, of course, as a big counter. So. I just said stuff I wanted and liked, and then he was just like, "Here's mechanics." I'm like, "Cool." And then I was like, "I don't like that." He's like, "We'll change it," and they did. <laughs> um, and um, and and the the objective is to get all of the Stormwind family out. So you have to get essentially five of your five cards out, and they all have to be on the board. Once you get all the family out on the board, you win. Um, and uh, then and there's ways to you know take them off or put them back in your hand or you know bounce it back to your hand. I should say. Um, and so on and so forth. So <clears throat> it's like, I got these out. Oh, no, take that one back. Or that guy's toast or whatever. Um, and uh, then, yeah. Cool. And then is it played and, with like two different decks? Or is it... Uh, uh, no, it's, it's, it's one deck. And uh, it, I think it plays up to like, uh, like, like, I think two to eight people or something like that. Two to six. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, the, and the games generally run around 20 to 25 minutes. Okay, so uh, it's more like a traditional card game, and then you have, uh, you know, you go around turn by turn, and and people. Yeah. N- okay. Cool. When you when you uh, compared it to Magic, I was like, oh, so it's like a competitive back and you know dueling game, but no, that this seems much more like, like Go Fish or Poker or something like that. Uh yes, what you said. That is way more accurate than what I said. <laughs> Even though you're not playing with a standard deck but of cards, you're playing cards. With, with your own cards like that magic. have your own people on it, your own people. Exactly. Yes, the, um, the Stormwind peoples. I did. I did. I did have a a a, a moment where, when the uh, the uh, what do you call that? Uh, 
uh, proto deck uh, showed up, and I opened it up, and the, the the UPS box, and then I saw like a card game with draconian knights on it, and like just the designs of all the, all the just work I've done, uh, you know, put into. I was like, wow, it's a freaking like tangible thing I made. Uh, it was a really surreal feeling. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> that is so cool. Kinda, kinda stoked on that. Did you do the um, uh, uh, art as well? No. Um, <clears throat> the uh, official artist uh, for the show is Andy Lee. Um, and uh, Andy is a brilliant artist in the UK. Um, and uh, Tibbs on Fire is what I like to call the Tiberius uh, picture. Um, the the Tibbs on Fire was fan art. Um, that uh, Andy sent um, in like you know month two or three of uh, Critical Role, mm-hmm. and um, and I like I saw his his variation of of Tiberius, and it was the first time when when uh, Marisha uh, she's like, hey, did you see this? I'm like, no. And I looked at it, and I like I I teared up on the spot. Like, Aww. it was he was the first artist. Cause I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's what I see. He, he got it. Like he gets it. Like he, he, he captured Tiberius, uh, ha- as I saw him. Um, and so, you know, fast forward to, uh, the production of pre, I said pre-prod, I guess, pre-production of, of Draconian Nights. I got a hold of him and I was like, Hey, um, I'd like to make you my official artist. If, if, you're cool with that and uh and he was a fan so he's like what yeah of course and like um and uh actually i don't know if he talks like that but uh uh, he's from the uk right so yeah yeah, i'm sure it was like wonderful yes brilliant jolly good (laughs) (laughs) let's have crumpets Um, but uh (laughs) he he was totally uh on board and gave me like um gave me permission to, you know, to own the, the, the main image of, uh, that he drew for me. He's like, well, it's yours. I was like, I was like, I have to give you something. Here's like 20 bucks. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I don't want anything. Anyway, that was like a back and forth. Uh, he's a really great guy. And, and all, all of the Stormwind uh, family, uh, it was, for me, it was like every step of this has just been panic mode. But like the, 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 my conversing with Andy Lee is like, okay, I write the, a little bio of like, okay, Penelope Stormwind is this, she's a cleric, blah, blah, blah. And like, I send that to him. And then I'll, <clears throat> and then I'll send a, a bunch of pictures of, uh, of uh, character poses uh, that I have in mind. So like for Penelope, I just sent him a bunch of white queen um, poses. I'm like, I was like, make mama sexy. Mama's gotta be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> If and only he was, it he was were like, that you easy. do realize that dragonborn are lizards. They don't have breasts. They're not mammals. I'm like, I don't care. I want them to have boobs. Um, oh, man. And, uh, I noticed that. I was like, oh, so that was you I, that did that. <laughs> we had a 100%. fight to get those boobs off those dragonborns. <laughs> oh, is that true? <laughs> years they and years really? ago. I kind of remember like there was, there was a, a fight. discussion about do dragonborn females have boobs? Yeah, because they don't no. they don't feed their young that way. Yeah. Unless they do in, in Draconia, is they that they do in, in Did you make it canon they, in the story? No, I didn't. Justify I just, them. I just I, I justify the boobs. Justify um, them. Yeah, well Penelope was, you know, very <laughs> upset by uh, how she was getting older. <laughs> 
<laughs> so she, uh, she she got um, she, yeah, right. It's more of an illusion spell. It's not even, they're not even. Uh, changed her look. Easy. Um, no, I, I, I felt that uh, um, everybody loves boobs. Like, they're like the thing that I think everybody <laughs> My everybody son would agree. agree. He would agree. Your son, yes. He told but, Bart yesterday, I love boobs. <laughs> he's three, uh, by the way. He's a boob he's man. He's about okay. to turn totally three. Totally a boob yeah. man. Yep. That'd be funny if he was like, he's 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he still tell, he tells his mom these things. He tells his mom. I love boobs, mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that's a good voice. That, that was like a Barney voice. That was, yeah. That's like the, the one thing that I, I, I thought was, okay, like even even gay guys love boobs. Like you know, they look good in a dress. Like it's just a thing, right? <laughs> circles. People like circles. The the, the, the thing is, um, the, the, and when I when I looked at things I didn't like in writing. I looked at things that exist now that I can't stand. Uh, why not make the matriarch the 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 center of the sexual kind of uh, center? You know, like mm-hmm. why not? It's always the younger one. It, it, there's no writing that ever was like the matriarch that and the, the and I and I and I kind of uh, structured Carvanis and Penelope to kind of like Morticia and Gomez Adams, um, yeah. where, where you'll learn that Carvanis is like the baddest mofo in Draconia, and you will come to find out why. Um, and but he bows to her; she's his queen. Mm. Uh, and, and and she runs the house like she is the badass one of the entire family and 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 that's just something that I don't think a, a lot of uh, westernized writing does um, so <clears throat> that's one thing I wanted to change yeah uh, that's cool that's cool and that comes uh, through even just in your in your uh, <laughs> in your uh, in your character descriptions on the website I would definitely was like oh yeah I could definitely see uh, uh, how you're kind of messing with the tropes a little bit she reminds me of. Yeah. Um, Katie Seagal's character on Sons of Anarchy. Can't remember. Oh her name. yeah, she's kind of surrounded yeah. by dudes, uh, but she's badass. She's right. tough. She's sexy. Yeah. She's the matriarch. It's, it's gonna be. I like it's it's her. Uh, I think I think split with uh, uh, Dame Judy Dench. Oh, just straight up. Nice. I love her. I love Ju- uh, Judy Dench so much, and Judy she loves D and D too. So really, yeah, well, I did not know That's that. That's the rumor. Yeah, it was what right. during in the uh, the second uh, Vin Diesel sci-fi movie. Uh, I'm blanking on the name, Butcher's Bay, something like that. Oh, no, it was the video game. Okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah, right. There was a rumor that that was a rumor. Was it? She... Pitch Black? No, it was so after cool. Pitch Black. What was the one after Pitch Black? Uh, but apparently, yeah, that Vin had, had like sat down with Jane Dame Judi Dench and played D and D with her just to show her what it was all about uh, and that's uh, so cool and we apparently. may have added the she loved it part but of course she loved it how could, how she, could she not how could she not she would be fabulous she, I was thinking about Dame Judi Dance the other day really in the shower oddly enough uh, uh. because I was thinking of her line from Shakespeare in Love uh, when she's uh, saying and, and her line of like and I know something about being a woman in a man's profession uh, yeah. uh, uh, to the uh, Uma Thurman character and I was like oh alright yeah that, that Uma Thurman Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. What yes. made you think of that line I in the no shower? Idea. Well, I have no idea. Judy Dench's voice. I, I don't know. Happening? She spoke to me somehow. She did. Out of the blue. She does that. As I'm she does that. scrubbing I, my hair. Actually, the, her, her, her character in Shakespeare in Love is actually a good personification of Penelope. Like the, that, that, that strong, kind of, you know, uh, regal like uh, quality that she has. Um, uh, I want to. 
and to focus in on that. Uh, with Drakia uh, Stormwind, I, I gave Andy Lee just nothing but Spider-Man poses. I'm like, make Drakia Spider-Man. He's like, done. And like, uh, <laughs> I, was, I wanted her to be, and I looked at Joss Whedon's, right, like how he wrote Buffy and like how he writes strong women characters. And I try to follow that kind of structure with, with that. And because um, that's things I like. Um, the people are like, you know, is, is Tiberius going to have a, a, a romance? I'm like, I don't like romances in, <laughs> um, in my, my, my drama. Like, I always, I, like, I hate love scenes in films. Like, I, I, it's, it's always like, oh, God, we know you guys hate each other. Just get on with the story. Right. That's what I yell at the screen. Um, and uh, like, why is that guy yelling at the screen in the theater? Gosh, it's a romantic comedy. <laughs> it's what it's supposed to be about. Kate Hudson. Of course, yeah. there's going to be. Well, a I, I like that you're 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 mixing up uh, uh, the D and D kind of party mentality. You know, there's the cleric, there's the you know the rogue, and then there's the wizards and, and all that. Like, but uh, as like a, a family, soap opera. as a family soap opera, I just think that's that's really cool. That, that, thanks. I you know it's it's been super. Um, you know, not not playing with my normal group. Uh, it's been super weird and interesting because this show. People are asking, like, do you still play? I'm like, yeah, every every day. Like, I'm, <laughs> uh, the, 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 for, for 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 all the D and D peeps, you know, that like that that are our peeps and whatnot. Like, I, I if if you look with a, a magnifying glass, there is absolute D&D structure to like the, my, my combat, the turns, the amount that they can do per fight, like all this stuff I, I, I crunch in there because I have, to, have I've had to learn all the different classes like while writing these characters. Right. So you know, I've only known a sorcerer class since my existence in D&D. Um, but as to study a druid and the rogue and <clears throat> and to do you know, multi-class like an arcane trickster and Kravanis is a druid rogue. Um, so I was like, well, how can that work? So, and I've had some really good DMs to go like, hey, uh, does this work? I literally call like Kyle Caps, um, who's the art director for the show. Yeah. Uh, he's my main DM. Um, and that's Faerun Stormwind was a character I played in his campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Um, and and he, I I call him. I'm like, uh, DM, I have a question. He's like, What is it? And then like I ask like as if I'm playing a game. He's like, Can I do this? And he's like, Yeah or, or no. And he's like, Oh come on. You know, <laughs> there's always the three answers. And then you got to like um, rules rules lawyer it a little bit. Be like, Are you sure I can't? Yeah, right. I think that's yeah, funny. Like like in episode uh, in episode three, uh, er, uh, Drakia slash Erica Ishi does this spell called um, Lamina Pluvia, um, which I've had to start learning Latin, so hey, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> You've an awful lot of research for this. Yeah, expanding your skills. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I, yeah, the, the research is, I've learned about government structures, political structures, because uh, each nation is different. So one's a democracy, one's a, a, you know run by parliament, the other one's a dictatorship. Like there's all these different kinds of ways to govern a nation, and that's what I had to study. So I use the right terminology, um, and uh, but yeah, the, the the man. There's I'm talking a lot. Uh, no worries. That's, that's what, that's, that's that's what, what we do. Yes. Yeah. Um, there, there's a there's there's a learning all the classes and 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 
and absorbing all that. A bard, like I've had to like warm up to a bard. And um, at first, I was just making Tiberius super racist. I thought against gnomes, but no, I I, I was like, no, Tiberius just hates bards. That's what's going on, and it made everything a lot easier when I'm like, oh, that's way funnier that he just hates bards in general. Um, so like Padoko, uh, Padoko is like. <laughs> With, who's by the way, Padoka was a last-minute idea where I was like, oh, I like that guy. I never get to use that voice. Why not? And he's kind of like my um, hyped-up Luigi. So like, like you know, Luigi's like, hey, Mario. Um, and <laughs> Padoka's very much like that. Um, so <laughs> he's very hyped uh, up. I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, the other challenge I, I. I, I with the show is I don't like narration um, and I don't like um, I, I wanted to stay away from it uh, yeah. I, I feel if you're playing a game, game you know then yeah it's necessary because I need to have the scene painted for me you know but this is like the amount of work I put into the sound and the design and how it works is kind of like kind of like more like an audio book without the narration it's just like well you paint a picture you know, there's there's enough there for you to be like, I think this is going on. Um, or, it could, you know, it could be more grand than what I'm actually presenting to you. Right, right. And you don't want to get um, bogged down in the, uh, and he hit him with his fist like so. And then therefore there was the uh, uh, moving around and the fencing. Like you can't talk that. Right. You kind of <laughs> just have to show it, you know, uh, with, with grunting and sound effects and whatnot. So, yeah, no, I think that's yeah. that's definitely the way to go for something that's that's produced the, the way you're producing this. The uh, thanks the the um, the 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 way for like spells um, that was a big uh, big ups to Kyle Caps, uh, who by the way is an amazing artist in his own right. The art director for this this project, he works on Rick and Morty, he works on uh, Harmon Quest, he works on animals. He's, oh, nice. he's, a, he's a great animal. Um, and uh, uh, actually, I just got to see a couple episodes of Harmon Quest. Um, yeah, they're uh, they're they're on again. I, I've seen like a few previews now. It's getting ready to be to be released soon. It's coming on CISO, right? Is that what they're they're going to be debuting it on? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I I went. I got to go to uh, <clears throat> the the studio, and uh, and there was a screening of the the, the, the they did a, a screening of it, and it's super funny. <laughs> it's a super funny. Show. Sweet. Um, so back to uh, Draconian Nights. You're you're doing. Uh, you're on episode four now. Is that right? Yes. Um, I'm on uh, episode four. It's called Lesson Learned. Um, there's uh, the one thing about this show that I a lot of my peers don't agree with uh, certain things that I do and how I do them. Um, interaction with fans is one of those things that they don't necessarily do as much as I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's strictly because I'm a fanboy too like <laughs> like i there, there's like when i meet somebody who i admire like i got to meet david i could not meet i got to sit down and like have you know lunch with david hater it was, it was a bunch oh, of people amazing. but it was like david hater was I, was I was like oh my god it's snake holy crap and like <laughs> and, and 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 i was you know and i was like just talking whatever having a nice conversation but inside i was like ah because <laughs> right, right. Metal Gear is my favorite franchise game ever. Like, 
the, the, ask me what my favorite game is, I'll say Metal Gear. Like, if I, if I have to be specific, I'll say th- between three and four. And the original and the game, like, all of them, right? As, um, with the exception of the one Raiden one, I don't even remember what it's called. Uh, <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, so that, that's so cool to be like, have that, that interaction with, with, with your, your fans kind of the same way that you would imagine uh, uh, you would act when you meet your fans. Like, I, I think that's, that that's is, super nice. That goes a long way. And it's really not even about you uh, uh, at that point. It's more about like empowering them and realizing that their moment is just that they want to have this interaction. Yep. And it doesn't matter how, you know, if you're feeling, you know, crappy that day or whatever, like you kind of have to put that aside because you're, you know, I don't understand dickhead celebrities yeah i just don't like why why are you being it's not it's it's numbers you know like uh, when when you have and i can understand both sides like it for 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 some they have been inundated with crazies okay like they've had their share of crazies and there's some out there i think in the D &D world and and especially with the critters and uh, uh and 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 all, all, all the fans from anything I've been in, mm-hmm. they're, I'm lucky because they're intelligent. And even if they're weird, they're like weird nerds. And I'm a weird <laughs> nerd, so it's like... <laughs> right. You fit right in. Exactly. The, 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 and, and the one thing with the show itself, from episode to episode, is um, I look at all the comments and I... My therapist shit just said I just, just stop. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, She's like, you really just shouldn't do that. I'm like, I'm like, I was like, but I have to know. Um, <laughs> and why? But, and uh, read these mean tweets for us. <laughs> In different voices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there's a dear, dear butthole. No, um, there's, <laughs> there's a. But the thing is that, the, the for the most part, I've only had a couple of you know douches or whatever, and that's fine. But the for the mo- most part, even the criticism that comes from people that. So like, I don't like this. I'm like, okay, I actually take note of that. And right. Sometimes it's constructive, I, helpful feedback. I, I shift it from episode to episode. Yeah, yeah it actually absolutely. does. One of my favorite things, this guy gave me a list. He's like, you should do this and that and this and this. And I was like, okay, I'll ignore that. I'll ignore it. But this is really <laughs> interesting. And yeah. I, I went back and I listened to the episode. And I was like, ah, he's right. And I changed it moving forward. Um, That's but yeah, cool. it, it's a, I care what people say. You care. <laughs> Um, so awesome. So we'll, uh, I have a list of feedback. I'm going to email it to you Just right after this. Uh, so hopefully in episodes, you know, five, six, and seven, you'll be able to take all Fantastic. those notes. I, I'm, I'll give notes every episode. It'll be great. Um, but yeah, where can people check this out now? Uh, uh, it's at draconianights.com. Yeah, draconianights.com. There's a website. Uh, if you're on the YouTubes, uh, give me a follow on there. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel. Which one um, is that? It's just, just your name? Just Orion Acaba. Uh, just type in Orion and probably just the letter A. And then it'll come up after that. And then it'll just <laughs> it'll do that. <laughs> um, nice. And yeah, and that's what I've shifted um, all my, my focus on. <clears throat> and, on, the, on the YouTube channel versus t- uh, like Twitter or, or Twitch? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, the, the way it works is I, um, I have the early premiere for my subscribers on Twitch. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll air the episode. Um, and most likely I do a Q&A like afterwards. Um, like a short one, and then uh, that's on a Friday, or I try to do it on a Friday. Um, and then the following Monday, I release it on YouTube. Um, Got it. And that's a and it's on a biweekly schedule. Um, I did hit did a bit of a hiccup this this last one um, due to uh, family stuff, and and, and uh, you know you got family first. Um, yeah, absolutely. Always. And yeah. Um, and then when I got back 
to my camp to really sit down with this, like my actors were all scattered everywhere. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, Imari was in Sweden. Um, and uh, actually, Fred is coming in tomorrow to record his lines. Um, and that's Fred Tatashore, by the way. Uh, nice. the, uh, Fred. Um, Hi, Fred. And I guess, <laughs> I, uh, and I just got to say, I'm so stoked. Like, <laughs> like, I record everything in my apartment, I have a Mac Mini. I do everything off that thing, and uh, I use Logic Pro, for those who you're wondering what, what, what system I'm using to edit my stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use Adobe Audition to record all the single vocal tracks, and then I mix everything in Logic Pro. Um, and uh, to, I had, to, like, today was uh, me cleaning my apartment a bunch, uh, because I'm like, oh my god, Fred's gonna come tomorrow! My kitchen is filthy! Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't let them know I live like this! Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, even though they're all they're all the same way, I'm sure. So don't worry about it. Well, it was really good uh, uh, talking to you, Orion. I love hearing about the creative process. I mean, it sounds uh, like you kind of really hit your stride and are are are, are getting everybody excited about this. And uh, I think it's a really good production. Like yeah. I, I'm, I, I think it's a it's you don't hear, you know, it's almost. I, I was thinking about this before when you were saying how you were you were checking your your you know D and D cred rules, uh, uh, you know, against DMs and stuff. It kind of reminded me of of when I was a kid when I was wa- reading Dragonlance novels. Uh, and being like, oh, yeah, you know, like they always kind of felt like they were dramatizing in novel form, you know, what I imagine D&D played like. Uh, so I think oh. you're, you're yeah, doing it's that. It's kind of a brilliant idea. Like the more I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're really just capitalizing on the story. And people, the live. Just hear, yeah. The live play thing has been, you know, uh, done. It's, There's lots is. of video of that. But I really yeah. like the uh, idea of an audio Like thing, a serialized so. story. Audio. It's, it's good stuff. So thank you. Well thank you. done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. There's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome, man. Gray that is coming like beard is, uh, is also thanking you. Oh, <laughs> good. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's not stressful at all. No, no, no. That's a cakewalk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and, and uh, yeah, hey, crack, crack that whip and get back guys, to it. it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on and, 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 uh, and, 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 wanting to talk about it um there's a lot of surprises coming up um in the story it's going to be a long story so uh i'm i'm super excited that people are excited so thanks for having me guys no yeah, problem it's our pleasure all right everybody go check out draconian knights and that's with a k there's a knigget's right <laughs> <laughs> yes draconian knights that's right don't look at it oh wait don't wait don't tell him just 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 slightly suggest it don't tell anybody what to do it's not nice listen Fagrin, shut up like, little respect. You know, we're doing a podcast right now. Oh, what's that? Is that where you like talk to yourself like we're doing right now? No. <laughs> just anyway. Um, thank you for having us. I love it. Oh, well, you're very welcome. Bert. Bert says you're welcome. <laughs> I couldn't go the whole episode without doing my Bert voice. Your Bert voice is fantastic. Ernie, my pigeons. <laughs> well. What do you think? You sound you sound more like the cabbage guy from Avatar. My cabbages. Right, um, that's probably the nicest thing anyone said about my Burt voice. Nice. Well, I think I think I think you have a new uh, a coaching client. Uh, I here. will send you a hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. Oh. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Orion. That was awesome. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you. All right bye. 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 bye.
That was amazing. I was wondering when I he was going to like throw out the. I wanted talk to, to ask, and then I didn't want to ask because I. But I want to hear voices. I want to hear voices. Yeah, I, I love that he just kind of does it too in in, in talking. Know. You know, just throwing out a, a British voice or this kind of yeah, voice. Yeah, it must be nice just to be able to do that. You just did it. Well, that's my Greg Tito. Yeah, it's your, it's your go-to. Well, that's my voice. That's your other person voice? I have yeah. five of them. I so f- those five that he... I don't have any of those. You don't have any of those. No, it's I true. Have you Bert. have Bert. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Only and that's partially. it. And that's it. And I, I have the count. Ah, ah. I had a friend, we always used to make fun of her because uh, uh, she told a lot of stories, but... In her stories was always her, her point of view, and then there was the other person voice. And the oh. other person voice didn't matter what what gender they were or what it all sounded the same. They it was all always had like the same. it was always like this like <laughs> dumb like person voice. Every single one. And we're like, oh, that's the Lindsay's that's other, the other person voice. Yeah. So I can relate to that. Yeah. I think uh, I think you you kind of just throw it out there. That was like your Greg Tito impression. Ooh, Greg Tito. <laughs> or maybe I'm just stuff. a guy at Starbucks or I'm my mom. Um, yeah, it's everyone. That your mom. Voice is your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just channeling Chris Lindsay. Uh, all right, that was awesome. Uh, uh, it's always good to hear from Orion. Um, he's been uh, a friend for a long time. So That's it's, a very cool concept. I like the idea of the show. Me too. So check it out. Yep. Draconian Nights. Uh, yep. Shelly, where, where can they check out your stuff? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, yes. Shelly Moo. It's a cow. Moo. Moo. I'm at Greg Tito, so let me know if you have any uh, fun suggestions for more people to be on the yeah, podcast. we like uh, the suggestions. We do like the suggestions. Yeah. And, of course, if you enjoyed this episode, please uh, rate it on iTunes. We like stars. It makes us uh, happy. Um, but uh, more than that, it makes it filter up to the top so other people can discover the joy of the Dungeons and the Dragons. That's right. So... Check out uh, DungeonsandDragons.com for all of your information there. Dakim. Dakim. I know. I was channeling Bob again. Yeah. All right. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.